Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're another spooky movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who's playing with puzzle boxes with me tonight? Hi, I'm Tiffany Alberton. <laughs> and hey, everybody, it is the angel to some annoyance to most, Kenneth Sanity. That's a good opening. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here to talk about a movie I never thought I'd be watching. But here we are. Hellraiser, uh, directed and written by Clive Barker, came out in 1987 in London. Ah, uh. 87 when were you born? No, September 10th. I oh, wasn't alive. I wasn't alive yet. I wasn't alive yet. And it's important we should say that uh, this is based on Clive Barker's novella, The Hellbound Heart. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Called? I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I didn't know what it was called. No, I didn't know it was a novella until about five minutes ago when I was reading up when I clicked the link for Clive Barker. I did. Yep. It's actually pretty good. Much different than the movie. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. certain things just you know don't translate well when in a, in a written word versus the movie. Like having hanging dongs on a torture platform just don't work the same. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so well, we're already going. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> uh, there were. I'm sure those are dicks hanging on that torture thing. I, I was, was like, like, those look like dicks. I was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, I guess I didn't look that closely. I was. Just I'm to see. surprised you. Why did you notice that? Because Kenan made a comment before we did this about this being a horny horror movie after Silent oh. Hill, and I was like, I'm gonna pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm going to be completely honest with you. This is probably one of the horniest horror movies that exists. <laughs> yeah, because you had talked about it. I God, pay close enough attention, so explain. <laughs> we will. <laughs> he will. Oh, I should oh say trust me, I will. Because when I we were in Boston, I bring that up again. There was a woman who was cosplayed as uh, one of the Cenobites from Hellraiser, and and she was just wearing oh, kind of scantily clad a little Ooh. bit, and I'm like, yeah, Ken's right. This is horny horror movie. No, oh, is. super horny. Yeah, female Cenobite, but it, was, it worked. She was a female, a male, she was female version. Yes. Okay, but it's not the same. It's a Cenobite. It's not the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess the newest horror movie, is it a female that's the lead? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. And no that interest. actually comes from the book. From the original uh, Hell Priest, as it were, it was uh, written to be more uh, androgynous than, you know, more male or more female. Okay. Have and I have. I have seen every single one of the 11 Hellraiser movies. Oh, frack. Fuck, that's a lot of Holy movies. Cow. How did you like the new one? I haven't seen it yet. I kind of I, I really enjoyed the new movie. I think, I don't know, because Soul is a continuation or a remake. Let's go there. First. Essentially a reboot. A reboot. Okay. Yes. Like, Doug I've... Bradley was not involved in this at all. He did like Jamie Clayton's performance, though. Oh, good. I like that is on record. Up to it more because she was. <laughs> so let's go. I mean, ultimately, and this it works because Hellraiser as a series, at least this first movie, has always been about the unending pursuit of pleasure, like just just finding new experiences, exploring pleasure as an experience as a full-on lifestyle. Yeah. It's basically hedonism, the musical without music. <laughs> okay, I didn't... That makes sense. I mean, that goes along with all the pictures that you see at one point of Frank. Yeah. Oh, oh, Frank. <laughs> so, before we get too much further, let's kind of go into a plot rundown here. Uh, Frank Cotton is 
your basic garden variety hedonist. He's looking for pleasure at any cost. And unfortunately, he does find out that some doors should remain closed in a search like this. <laughs> uh, years later, or some unspecified time later, his brother moves in to his house, his brother Larry, with his second wife, Julia, and daughter, Kirsty. Uh, unfortunately, Frank is not quite ready to give up his search for pleasure, and horrible things go wrong. Oh, they do. So where did he find this box? It never, like, the country to me looked like an Asian country. Is that what they were going for? It just... How did it look like an Asian country? It was just the way... Well, it also reminded me of... It reminded me of Raiders of the Lost Ark or something of that nature. It did. It was just the way that things are outside in the room. Now, what you're saying is reminding you of Raiders of the Lost Ark is actually pretty close. Uh, Frank Cotton buys the box in Morocco. Okay. You're just talking about the box? Just the, the where the guy gets the box. You see him in that initial scene sitting oh, at a table. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant like where they were living. No, no, no. Just Okay, I was like, I am so confused. Yeah, that initial scene. Okay, now I agree. Okay. <laughs> now I agree. I was so confused. I just woke up. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike abruptly woke me up. It's time to bonk ass. Get away from me. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> This is what happens when you record in the morning. <laughs> but I, I just thought it was an interesting way. I mean, and that's cool that it is Morocco. I didn't realize it was Morocco. Maybe it said it. I, I wasn't paying enough attention. I was just like, why am I watching this? But that was partly going through my head. Fair enough. <laughs> but I also, I don't, they didn't say Morocco, did it? No. Okay. I just, okay, that's cool. Then I just apparently watched enough movies and knew what 1980s, obscure movie, er, you know, Asian country would look like in a way. Morocco, Morocco's Asian, right? Or is that more African? Okay. It's, uh, Morocco's in Egypt, near Egypt, right? Yeah, it's like, it's on the ocean, northern, northwestern Africa. Okay, so African, but it would be, it would be. Morocco's not a country I think about very often. I don't know my dad. <laughs> but I knew where it was, sort of, so hey. It should proud. be so many James Bond movies take place there. <laughs> Are you that big of a James Bond? No, but I do like James Bond a lot. Certain ones. <laughs> doesn't like James Bond. My wife. <laughs> Unfortunate. I like the James Bond girls. Is there? <laughs> that can work. So I, have, I actually have realized <laughs> I have I have never seen a Clyde Barker movie before or covered one on the show or anything Clyde what Barker. Else oh, there are a lot of Clyde Ooh, Barker movies. Was that a bad question? <laughs> Just a lot of horror movies. And Candyman. He did yeah, Candyman. Candyman. Did he? Based on a Clive Barker uh, story from Books of Blood, Lord of Illusions. Was based on a Clyde Barker story from Books of Blood. Rawhead Rex was based on a Clyde Barker story from Books of Blood. Uh, Nightbreed was actually based on a book by Clive Barker called Cabal. There's there's a lot of Clive Barker. I don't think I want to watch any of these movies. You've seen you had a not Earth Candy Man. I know I've seen Nightbreed or that sounds familiar. Is that the one where he has a bad relationship with his mom? Is that that one? The one. I haven't seen Nightbreed in so many years. Like, honestly, like it's been too long. An inappropriate relationship with his mom. And it's the dude from Charmed, I think. I don't recall. Anyways, <laughs> people are going to tear me apart. <laughs> don't, don't tear Tiff apart, people. If you're going to say anything in the comments, tell us what movie. That Maybe. that is because they're I, like Google. Okay, let's just. I I don't think it's Nightbreed, but no, I don't think I it don't is either. It from either. what 
what I'm is reading. No, I just all I have to do is see the. Oh no, I know which one it is. Nope, that's not. <laughs> okay, so the way like Hellraiser opens up, like oh, when it you, looks very. Oh, uh, when you see this cube, it was it got my attention. I mean, I had known a little bit about this, and I think the the you know, next first scene you see is Frank opening the cube. Yeah, and that's when you see him start getting. I think you see all the hooks. You see a hook go into him, and then it, then you see the pillar of doom, and they're picking oh, up his face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he, they, they have fun. They have fun with Frank. Frank has fun theoretically. And um, you, you first see the Cenobites. You see two of the Cenobites. I think only the female and male Cenobite. You don't see Doug Bradley though. I don't think. No, you, you do. do for a second. You do for a second. Okay. But um, it's it's interesting that. Pinhead was never supposed to be the name. Pinhead was just something that stuck. Okay. It's a description. Yeah. Like the script is lead Cenobite. Well, I mean, none of them really have names, do they? No. Did they... Anybody name any of the other ones? Nope. No, just Pinhead. Well, no, no, no. That's not true. The other ones have gotten names. Uh, the female Cenobite was referred to on set as uh, <clears throat> Deep Throat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the one with the exposed teeth, uh, Chatterer, and the fat boy is Butterball. Oh, yeah. The Chatterer right. looks like Nemesis from Resident Evil movies. Chatterer sort of. is my favorite Cenobite. I like him. I out of him. all of them. I like him. <laughs> I don't know why. I really liked him because when he started to chatter, I'm like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> here it comes. I, I think it's just because I have a problem with teeth. I don't oh, no. like teeth. Oh. Okay. Okay. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't like teeth, but I could dig this. Like, this, if this was coming <laughs> after me, I'd be fucking horrified. Well, that's super weird, because now that you say that, I don't like cleaning dentures. I'm like, what? <laughs> cleaning all that food out of dentures, I'm like, what? <laughs> but I still, I still like that character. I mean, it wasn't trying to make you clean them. That wasn't that wasn't going to be the nightmare. I don't have to clean them. Oh, now I have nightmares about cleaning his teeth. Thanks a lot. I think it would have been more cleaning, going to murder you. Cleaning flesh out of his teeth. Great. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but I, so I was paying a lot of, like I said earlier at the top of the show, I was paying a lot of attention to that whole room. And there's just a lot of weird shit, just like body parts just all over the place. That's when I saw the two dongs just hanging there. <laughs> Can't see the word. Again, I just dong sounds funnier than dick. Dong. Yeah, dong is dong is a universally hilarious word. <laughs> it was just uh, two of them just hanging there. I'm like, yeah, someone didn't have a good day. So yeah, anyway, now's a great time to talk about the horniness of this fucking movie. Yes. <laughs> so this movie, oh my god, the uh, hmm, the original shooting title of this movie was called Sadomasochist from Beyond the Grave. That was the shooting title. They had to change it because the original title was going to be the Hellbound Heart, but the studio was like, no, that sounds like a romance. Get out of here. So they opened up the floor to a bunch of people, and a apparently a 60-year-old female crew member wanted to call it What a Woman Will Do for a Good Fuck. <laughs> I, I, that sounds like a porno, though. <laughs> Is this movie not? I mean, that flat out sounds like a porno okay like flat out should be x-rated well i mean it would have got people to see so i can guarantee you that originally was 
was it? I was gonna say it's a little borderline. What did they have to cut out? Oh, they had to cut out a lot. A they lot. Had to cut out a lot of the violence. They had to cut out some fr- scenes. Julia, Larry's second wife, had an affair with Frank right before the fucking wedding. Oh, yeah. But you see that in this movie. Yeah. You do see that in the movie. But there were a lot more explicit sex scenes in this. I need to talk about this. Like, there was some straight-up sodomy scenes. Oh, okay. You don't get that a lot in movies. I no, you don't. Not in 87. And there, there's a good reason for that. That why, you know, you don't get a lot of them is because they make you cut them out, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, so, no, it's fine. I'm just no, no, no. At it. I'm just, no, it's you just, can. Like, they picked that Frank piece to piece. You can pick this movie piece to piece, too. There's no she more. was... This is a stupid sex scene because she was wearing a romper and he's still fucking her. I know, it was stupid. I told you, it was stupid. Look, okay, I, I get it, but also, <laughs> Homeboy had a knife. <laughs> and, like, you, you can just, cut like, things. Split it down the middle. <laughs> Good. You just it cut could. a romper. Like, we'll just put a hole right here <laughs> so I can fit. I'm like, he's just dry humping her at this point. And she's like, oh, freak. Now, the question you should be asking is, was that necessary to get past the censors? Maybe. Well, they could have had panties on. I think I'm upset. It's 87. Because it's a romp, so she couldn't have had panties. I don't know. They were more about sex in in the 80s, weren't they, against it? They were very much against a lot of... Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th with little co-eds running around half naked. Yes, and what happened to all of them? They died. Exactly. They were fine with sex as long as people were being punished for engaging in it. Oh, I see. Yeah, because as a society, I mean, we're better now, but we still are very much like sex bad. Killing people with guns, good. Well, America is bad on that. Every other country is much better than America when it comes to the subject of sex. Sex is something that happens, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. In a certain way, as long as it's a certain way. (laughs) I feel like you still can do certain things. Yes, but I mean, you can, you just can't talk about them. (laughs) I mean, in movies, you still can't do certain things. That's what I meant. That is true. That's what I meant. I mean, we talk about what we do all the time. <laughs> not on this podcast. We, we are not going to. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, this is a new podcast. That I <laughs> after Dark. And fucking here. Yeah, join us for Games of Mom Found After Dark. After Dark. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not making that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Now you are. Let's <sighs> do it. Woohoo. Patreon exclusive, baby. It would be then. <laughs> 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 So, a lot of this movie is based on, a lot of the horniness comes from Clive Barker, who is very much interested in the intersection between horror and sexuality. And like we just said about Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, there very much is that intersection between there. Because, you know, sometimes when you've gotten a good scare, all you want to do is have sex. Mm -hmm. Like, Speed made this point perfectly. Yeah, yes. the, the movie about the fast bus. Yes, no. I had to think for the movie about the fast bus. I had to think for a minute. I knew the movie, but I had to think what you were talking about. And I was like, yes, he's great. Yeah, there's a whole scene in Speed where Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves are talking about, you know, being involved in a life-threatening event 
and how it makes you all horned up. <laughs> and some psychologists will say, you know, there's nothing more that you want to do than engage in something lively, a, you know, proof that you're still alive after an event like that. And what better way than fucking? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Let's make a baby. No. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to say it like that, Jesus. <laughs> you got four babies right there. Oh, yeah, we do. You got three. <laughs> the uh, interesting thing about Clive Barker, and another reason that this movie may have come under fire as much as it did, is Clive Barker is very, very famously a gay man worked very oh. hard for, you know, very outspoken about gay rights, about so many things in the world of, you know, sexual behavior, not only just, you know, homosexual, but also, you know, heterosexual, the very involved in the kink communities. And you can see that in the designs of the Cenobites. Yeah, definitely. They are very, very kink heavy. And the Cenobites are basically just what happens when you take that S&M, fetishization always a bitch of a word to say but when you take that to the extreme and you can see that nowadays with you know uh the kink of uh, the piercing kinks like that people walk around every day looking like low-grade cenobites (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong i mean myself i have an eyebrow piercing i have two lip piercings and did i get enjoyment out of those piercings i did That's why I have tattoos, because I enjoy it. There's, It's that relationship between pain and pleasure that this movie really, really explores, or at least finds itself based in. Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. I didn't really think about I mean, I should have thought about that. I didn't think about that, but yeah. I mean, no. I, Except you never see any sexy fun time happening for Frank. You just see terrible things happening no, for Frank. No, he, like, the first scene, he's pretty much like, oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, it'll last too long. I don't, but then he's like, ah! I mean, I wanted to see the the deep throat going down on him. Then I'd been like, okay, like, okay. and then all of a sudden they start killing him. Like, you know, that would make the sense. Flesh tearing apart. Yeah, first you get okay. first you get, then you get murdered. Yeah, that actually uh, makes me want to look up if there is a Hellraiser porn parody. Porn? <laughs> I would not be surprised. <sighs> I'm sure there is. There's. Yeah, I I'm bet there sure is. There is. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there should be. Oh, let's see. What would it be called? Raise uh, hell. <laughs> uh, apparently, it's called cock razor. Oh, <laughs> I was kind of close. Not really. <laughs> I didn't. So right after you, you see Frank and he disappears for a while, and they they never do say how much time passed in this movie when they come to the house. But no. I mean, they use stuff to kind of tell like the house is a is a mess. You see the kitchen that's just disgusting. Yeah, there's food rotted everywhere. That doesn't happen overnight. So. No, that takes a while to get it that bad with maggots and everything. But we don't know how bad it was before Frank left. Like, it could have yeah. been, like, a week away from that. We don't know. It, it never really says. I mean, I thought it was interesting when they first start showing, like, Frank's stuff. And he has all these pictures of these women he's been with. And one was a bonded scene, too, where she's hogtied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, movie, I see what you're going for. Yeah. I was like, yep, horny movie. It's totally horny. Yes. <laughs> And, oh, God, it gets weird. I mean, <sighs> weird in the first place. Oh, it got weird in the first place. But this movie just gets progressively weirder as it goes <laughs> along. Yeah, it, it wasn't what I expected. 
because we had watched part of this movie God, a couple years ago or at some point you put you put it on tiff and you're like you started watching it and you're like okay i'm bored and then we turned it off and i'm like good i don't want to watch it anyway I, I didn't i think sometimes when it doesn't get to the gore right away i'm like okay i'm done i was okay with anyone watching anyway so i was like yeah cool we can be, be done bye and I, we got to the part before frank He's shows up yeah. I don't like horror movies. You know this. He's like, I'm fine because he kind of knew what happened. I wasn't thinking like, what happened. I'm I'm disappointed because you, you get upset if they don't get to the gore? Mom. She wants more action or just something, I think. I think there's just a little bit too much of just stupid lady walking around the house being, oh, I, I'm a prim and proper lady, but I fucked it. Or is it my husband's brother. Okay, but that's like super important. It is, is, but it, I don't know. It's, I, also, I don't like Julia. I don't like the actress in this movie at all, especially oh, in the beginning. I that also, is, sorry. I was just going to say, that is unfortunate because <laughs> I think she's amazing. I, I did. I mean, she did fine. The actress did a good job. Okay. I didn't like the character. I should say not the actor. I just didn't like the coldness was irritating me, but she plays it well and it yeah. fits what's happening and it fits the character and it, and it comes across with, I don't like my marriage. I don't like my life. I missed the fun and so I made a mistake. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Like it, it all, everything worked. The actress did a good job. I shouldn't have said that that way, but I didn't like the character and I was just disinterested in the movie. Yet for, well, bad night. You I was watching. You're, supposed to like you're not, but I'm not okay with that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Cause I, in a movie, I want the first few characters. I, I, I see to be characters I like, and I want to like, and then you introduce them a little later. So like in TV series, it's different. I guess. I don't know. What about Succession? You don't like any of those fucking No, characters. we haven't finished that show, have we? No, you don't like any of them assholes. You're not supposed to. Strict. See? Okay. And we stop watching. Un- I don't understand. But see, just like the Roy family, you're not supposed to like Julia. See? <laughs> so what's the difference? We stopped watching Succession too, didn't we? I just wanted to get to the end. I know. I, they annoyed me. So uh, and then there was one part that I, I thought was it, that I thought was funny in real life because Tiff jumped. This is a woman that likes horror movies. When the guy cuts his hand on the <laughs> nail, that made you jump. The other stuff doesn't. You watch a guy get murdered. Oh, okay. And then he jumps. I was like, <laughs> I okay. don't like stuff like that. Like, it's because that could happen to me. You know, it's stuff that torture. Like, well, it wasn't torture. But it, stuff like that. like It might as well be torture. <laughs> but he accidentally did it. Like, I could accidentally slice my hand and I imagined the pain. So I was like, <laughs> I mean, it. Not to mention the tetanus shot is going to need to come along with that rusted nail, but hey. <laughs> and that's, I think that's why that particular, that particular bit of gore starting off the movie is so effective because that is a very relatable thing. Like you just said, yeah. it, it happens yeah. all the but time. I don't like stuff like that. That's the stuff that makes me jump and cringe. And, but the rest of the movie, I was like, the flesh being pulled apart and his face falling off and. It didn't bother you. The hooks, the hooks bothered me a lot. No, nothing like that. That's because I knew it was fake. I knew it was fake too, but I didn't like it. And I probably saw how it was made. That's why that shit don't scare me. (laughs) Scare me, just bothered me. And after Larry cuts his hand while moving a mattress, which, you know, ick, he goes up to the attic where Julia's just kind of hanging out. His blood drips on the floor, and out of the floorboards is reborn a very primitive version of Frank. He's just kind of, I don't know, muscly and bony and slimy, and he's come back to life. Like, I feel like there should have been a lot more blood for that. 
There's a lot of fucking blood came out of that hand. I was like, that is not, that's too much blood. Yeah, but to put himself together later, he needed whole goddamn bodies. Yeah, he didn't even get a whole lot either out of it. Yeah, like, he didn't even use the whole body. And so he got a few drops, okay, more than a few drops, and then he was halfway alive. Well, the movie I, wouldn't have worked so well if you would have just had, like, she couldn't just bring bringing people there and just killing them for no reason. Like, oh, well, I think he might be here. Kill, kill. Yeah, so, like, a small thing like that. And, I don't know, maybe it's something because the brother's blood is so close to his. Oh, maybe. Yeah, like, that would make sense. Yeah, like, it's it's a similar blood. It, you know, will remind whatever vestiges are left of you what it was like to have blood and make you want to be that whole again. To call you out of the ether where you were just pieces and dongs nailed to a plank. <laughs> That makes sense, though. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Is that why she tried to kill his daughter? Or she didn't even... I don't think she liked the daughter in the first place. But she didn't even really think about that, maybe? Oh. She was going to kill the daughter 100% at one point, I feel. We will get to Kirsty. Oh, boy. I like Kirsty. I jumped forward. (laughs) No, 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 no. I like Kirsty, too. Oh, I do, too. She's pretty. Like, Ashley Lawrence, this was, I think, Ashley Lawrence's first role. I think so, as well. And she killed it. Yeah, she did. And it's just, uh, Julia finds Frank, and Frank's like, you must feed me. You know, doing Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horror. <laughs> Julia! <laughs> feed me, Julia! Bring me back, Julia! So, Julia is still obsessing over the time that she and Frank did the horizontal mambo right before her wedding. I mean, honestly, kind of damn shitty. But, you know, sometimes I guess it'd be like that. And she's unhappy in her marriage to Larry. Probably has been for a long time. Because, like, she's just kind of a little bit bitchy at the beginning. But then being so close to Frank's presence kind of reignites this. Oh, man, that was a good time. I wonder what ever happened to him. Well, (laughs) he's in the attic. And he's not looking great. So... She goes around, starts picking up people, start grabbing dudes at the bar to kill him for Frank so he can drain him and become whole. So you're telling me this was under the skin before under the skin? Yeah, pretty much. That's what I was thinking of when I watched this. Yeah, but at least she had skin. Yes, but she also, they were stupid. Yeah, all men are stupid, apparently. <laughs> I come to the conclusion of some woman meets me at a bar and goes, hey, come on home with me. I'm like, no, nah, I've seen too many horror movies. So I can't. <laughs> You totally would. <laughs> That's oh, when I come put on, my hand on my knife. would speak for you. <laughs> Don't even lie. I mean, uh, past Mike would have used. Worse Mike would too. Mike is not the worst, so. No. But... Otherwise, this might be, I can't go for that. No, no can do. <laughs> my wife would murder me. <laughs> yes. With a hammer. <laughs> With the back of the head. <laughs> you have to make it look like an accident. <laughs> it's a hammer it won't look like an accident, I'll tell you that. Oh, but. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. She kept because she brings three different guys throughout this movie. The first, she's way more reluctant about. Well, way reluctant on the first. The first is kind of just kind of by accident. It felt like second is more like okay, you know, I know what I'm doing. The third is like, yeah, come on in, let's go have sex. And then yeah, I'm gonna hmm. kill you with a hammer. Like I, I want to talk about the transformation of Julia. We should because like she starts the movie very cold. You know, very cold, very reserved, very British. If that makes sense. And like, as she continues killing, she gets into it. Like so much so that she, she and Larry were watching boxing on TV 
And he was like, are you sure you want to watch this? You know, it's this used to make you sick. And she's like, I've seen worse. <laughs> and she looked bored, actually. She was like... And I'll be honest, like, the first time I saw this movie, I... Oh, God. I probably wasn't out of elementary school yet. That's too young to be watching this movie. It is too young to be watching this movie. I don't know how old I was, but I probably wasn't very old. And I remember seeing that... Uh, that first scene where Julia's looking in the mirror after she kills the first guy and she's just got blood on her face and everything. And the light is, you know, very much right on her face, looking pale, tragic, beautiful. And my brain was like, this, this is hot. <laughs> as a child. And I think that is probably the cause for a lot of problematic things in my life. If only your wife was on right now. <laughs> oh, it's, Nix wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no, I know, and I like I, to hear what she would say. I was for, oh, she knows. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hear her comment. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's interesting because it gives Julia a sense of agency that she didn't have at the beginning of the movie because now she's making these decisions for herself. She's choosing to live her best life at others' expense, of course. And it's it's oddly feminist okay yeah it's 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 empowering but for all the wrong reasons yes but it still is she's just murdering people i mean what's wrong with that see i can murder just like a man <laughs> and you better play with it uh, well i mean it must be you know they weren't looking i mean to be fair they society wouldn't look for a missing man as quick as they look for a missing woman yeah but i thought she was meeting um they were travelers, were they not? I thought they were like... Business. Oh, they might have been travelers. Yeah, because she was like going to hotel bars and shit. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Or so they were business travelers. I mean, eventually people are going to realize they went missing, well, but... Yes, but not very quickly. No, and this is the 80s, so yeah. there's less technology compared to now. Yeah. We'll be like, well, where was this phone? We'll just track that. <laughs> where was he last seen? That would take a while. Where was he last seen? Yeah, and ca- cameras would have been around the 80s for sure, so... Yeah, but how... Still. It'd be less, much less than what it is now. So yeah, like they're not good cameras. So oh, not good cameras. That vaguely man-shaped blob is going out the door with that vaguely woman-shaped blob. That could be him, or this or that baby. could be a very small, thin man. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> they are all wearing white shirts and ties with a briefcase. <laughs> Oh, I, I do like the stuff with Christy a lot. Like you have like the, the dinner when you're fir- when you're you're not first introduced, but you have more time with Christy where she meets this random guy that somehow is in this movie for some reason. Oh, her Steve, boyfriend. her boyfriend. Yeah. yeah Who was her boyfriend before the. Yeah. Oh, OK. I didn't catch that. Well, I guess did she kiss him in the alley with that scene before this dinner. No, that was after okay. the dinner. That was after she was all drunk and woozy or maybe. It wasn't her boyfriend before, but after he was. Yeah, that's how I took it, because they were making eyes, and they were doing the stuff that you do when you're not dating somebody, when you like someone. I mean, it could just be like, ooh, I haven't seen you for a while. Let's go kiss him down. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I, there is, mo- there's there's two scenes earlier in this movie where she does see that weird guy. You see, She sees him once when she's walking with her boyfriend, and she sees him another time at the pet store when you when they, when they the movie makes sure you notice him when he starts eating the crickets. Like the yeah, yeah. He's, he's basically a vagrant who's just doing weird shit around her. Yeah. Like, just staring at her or eating handfuls of crickets. I did like a handful of crickets, though. <laughs> just, you know, being... Well, first off, uh, crickets are delicious. I've actually had prepared crickets before. 
Cover them in chocolate and might try. They actually do have chocolate covered crickets. They also have crickets inside those po- candy bar popsicle things. They're not popsicles. Lollipops that store- yep. one of the stores you go to. The Asian? No. The candy store used to have your peanut butter clusters that doesn't anymore that you made me lo- that you like to look for. They, they do, yes. <laughs> I'm not eating it. <laughs> I'm not eating it. <laughs> you won't eat it, so don't buy it. I know you. I'll try it, and then I'll give it to Peter. Peter will eat it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the homeless guy is just it's it's interesting because it doesn't actually do anything till the end till the end but he's just it just seems like he's kind of like hey hi i'm i'm here uh they call me uh vagrant steve or no <laughs> steve's your boyfriend vagrant joe there we go <laughs> i like how she was like you got pay for those when he's like eating handfuls of crickets. I just thought it was just, I'm like, because I, so I had, a, I had an interesting conversation at this part because I'm watching this. I'm like, what the, what the fuck? Petstar has a monkey and Tiff, like, it's the 80s. It's the 80s. That's yeah, everybody had a monkey, dude. Yeah, those are the OG pet stores. See, I didn't know that. I wasn't around in 86. So fuck off. <laughs> 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 they had all sorts of shit that's probably illegal now. <laughs> oh, yeah, all that. A lot of, that's why I was like, wait a second. A lot, yeah, a lot of that's illegal. That was in that store. <laughs> I mean, it was probably illegal back then, too. <laughs> Different time, no internet. I can't imagine like a lot of internet anymore. Oh, but I, I like I just I like the stuff with Christy a lot. I really enjoyed when she was in this movie. Just the random parts of her, just kind of being there before she becomes more of what's more of a the main character near the end of this movie. Oh, more of one of your famous "I yes. love Final Girl" moments. <laughs> yeah, I blame Helena. I didn't even know that was a term until she brought it up, and now I keep thinking about like, well, yeah, every horror movie I didn't like the horror movie, but. Every time I like something, it's it's that. And, you know, Kirstie kind of gets more involved when she sees Julia bringing a dude home. This is dude number three, I think. It is, yes. And Frank's almost all together back again. So she sees Julia doing this, goes up to the attic, and sees Frank. And Red Frank Bloody is, Frank. Yep. Frank Bloody Frank, that famous U2 song. <laughs> and he's gross to her. Oh, God, yes. Like, Frank is trying to get it. He is a shambling mass of muscles and skeletal stuff. He kind of has a face, but no skin. But Homeboy's still trying to get his not-yet-existent dick wet. (laughs) It's already (sighs) wet. (laughs) That's fair. He's like, come to daddy. (laughs) Oh, God. Mm. Okay, so (sighs) I hate the phrase daddy in a sexual contest. Same. Like, very much so. And I'm pretty sure this is the movie that did it. <laughs> 11, young Ken was like, no! No! Yeah, young Ken was like, oh no, no, this isn't, this is wrong. <laughs> uh, no, so, I don't like it either. You want to story, but you don't like it? Yeah, we can. My wife will do it to me every so often to irritate me now. <laughs> But we, I had a friend who, he, he had a girlfriend I didn't like, and he was telling me one time the first, and they were on a bus, and she's like, come she's like, come over here, daddy. And he just said, he looked like, what the fuck? And then he barely got used to it, but I'm just like, she, no. Oh, she always, daddy, like, in public, daddy. Come no. Here. And, like, and they didn't, some women do it when they have kids. No, nope, they didn't have kids. Like, no. My friends do it when they have kids, which I still think is It's weird. still strange. It's still weird. Like, like daddy. I'm not kink shaming any listeners no, out there. No, I'm not. <laughs> we're not. We're not kink shaming. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no kink shame, just not kink same. 
<laughs> because it is definitely not for Ken. No, it's not. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever you do in your, I just don't like it. Eh, I don't like it in public. That, that's a lot of things I don't want to see in public. That's, I mean, I don't, yeah, don't bring that to public. Well, this was in the privacy of a home. Yes, but, but also so he nice. was doing it to his niece that he. Yeah, to his fucking niece. That's, that's a little bit of that. That's a whole other issue there. Ugh. But Kirsty sees this, is understandably freaked out, and grabs a puzzle box and takes off. Well, he freaks out when she picks it up because he's going to throw it at her, and she she realizes that whatever this little thing is, it's important to him. And why mm-hmm. is he going to throw it at? Because he's I don't even, he she was going to throw it at him. Oh, I see. She grabs it because she's looking for a weapon. Which, again, makes sense. Because I was like, I don't remember that part where no. she was going to throw it at No, he, she, she's going to throw it at him. She picks it up, and then his eyes go to it, and she realizes that it's important. And she throws it out the window and then picks it up. But way before this, there's a, a scene that I, I want to talk about. When you have Frank explains to Julia what happened to him, and he talks about the Cenobites and how they tortured him. and you, you get some. I think that's more you get him moaning before he's massacred. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you get a little bit more of him kind of talking about the box and how he was stupid and things like that. So yeah. that was, that was kind of, I, I don't know. I just liked having more. I, I liked having more background. And, and when he's telling her, he's like, I got to hide. They're, they're coming for me. Yeah. He, he escaped the Cenobites, which is something you don't do. Did anybody ever say how he escaped? Not literally. The blood called to him. The blood called to him. Oh, like the blood on his brother's blood? Yeah, Larry's oh. blood on the floor, like, brought him back. Oh, okay. And that's why I think the familial connection kind of meant something. It seemed like a tether to this world. Okay. I'm probably reading too much into it. No, but. I don't no, think you are, no, actually. I think that's what they were going for. Because also, there's another point where he really wants to kill his brother before he does in the end of end of the movie. Like, there's a part where he's like, Julia, bring him in here. I want... Like, no, he's about to fucking murder him while they're having sex. Yeah. Oh, that scene. Woof. Yeah, we haven't even touched on the voyeurism of this movie. No, I, I forget. Julia does it to distract to distract Larry because of Frank. Oh, yeah, because Frank's punching walls upstairs for some stupid reason in the attic. And he's like, what is that? And there's nothing to distract a guy like, hey, let's go fuck. Ah, okay, you got it. What was going on? Who cares? Sex. Yeah, and that's I think that's how you can tell that Julia does care about Larry. Because she tries to save him. Yeah. And she, I think she's genuinely upset when... Gets skinned a lot. Gets, gets skinned? skinned? Yeah. I mean, for like a half a second. She ain't very upset later. No, for, like I said, for like a half a second she is. She's like, ah! And then she gets over it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I get the guy I really want, but with my husband's skin, so it's okay socially. And apparently All right. with her husband's voice as well. I don't know how that works. Take the take the took out the voice box and put it in aisle. Well, see, vocal cords uh, probably... No, never mind. <laughs> it wasn't working out. <laughs> no, no, I'm not sure. Well, okay. The real reason why is because Andrew Robinson played Larry and Frank yeah. Larry. <laughs> and, you know, props, props to Andrew Robinson because he did a good job. Like, Larry, you kind of like, oh, man, this dude's just, he's a sweet guy. He's kind of a moron, but he's a sweet guy. Yeah. And as, when he's playing Frank inside his body completely different. No, he did a good job. He did a really good job. Yeah. I was like, well, he didn't do a good job attaching that skin, though. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. But nobody noticed he was, like, bleeding on the edges of his face. Julia noticed for sure. And it was, like, dripping on his I think, shirt. well, Christy was out of it. Christy just I went, got so. taken to a hospital, got opened up the a portal to, to hell, and she wasn't okay. Yeah, and then she got chased by the engineer. Which is gross. 
That's what that monster is called, by the way. The engineer. It's called the engineer. Which one is that? The one in the hallway when you said the cleaners from Labyrinth Joe. Oh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I yeah. think uh, I want to say because in the book, the engineer is the leader of the Order of the Gash, and the Order of the Gash is the uh, group that uh, the Hell Priest and all the other Cenobites belong to. Wow, you were really prepared. He said he's seen all the movies. I, I think I've only seen till three, and I don't remember him at all. Look, I, I love the world of Hellraiser. I do. Like, when a series gets more than three, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I can't follow it, I'm out. <laughs> and I think in the movies, the engineer was meant to have made the labyrinth, which doesn't really come into effect until Hellraiser 2. So you mean he was the babe of the power? The power of the babe? I told you the cleaners! Voodoo? <laughs> the cleaners, they had the cleaners. <laughs> now my joke, it's reference. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, yes. <laughs> <sighs> when you say Labyrinth, that's what came in my head. I was talking about Hellraiser too. I was like, well, that movie, yeah. Labyrinth came out a little bit after this, yeah, or right before this. Well, see, Labyrinth is also a word for a maze, which is older than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there, there was one thing that, that made me laugh, and I don't know why this popped my head, but the part when Christy has the box, she's leaving, she's all, her shirt has a bunch of blood on it, and she 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 passes out, and the three, like, you have the three faces above her looking down, and for some reason, my brain went to the an NWA cover. I don't know why. It nah, did. There's fair. an NWA camera where like, their faces are looking down at something. It's a famous cover. Yeah, that's cover the uh, cover straight out of Compton. Yeah, and that's what went oh. through my head. I mean, again, I'm not always that music. I know, like it's I not like, like but it's referenced a lot because it's a it's a high it's a p- highly known image that's been memed. Other I stuff. had to for some reason my brain didn't clink on what you were meaning. And that's what, well, one the guy had a New Year Yankees hat. One of the one of the and one of the three guys is looking at her. Or three people looking at her. It was two guys and one woman. I was just like, I don't know. That's what in my head. Yeah, it is a famous cover, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know nothing about the history. No, I know more now. I watched the movie. Yeah, I yeah. Yes. But I, I, I liked it when she's in the hospital. I thought it was funny that she... I, I figured she would have been tied to the bed, but then the scene wouldn't have worked they had coming up. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, technically, I mean, she was essentially wanted for questioning by the police. So I liked that. <laughs> I, I thought, And then she starts playing with a fucking puzzle box. Like, why are you playing with this box? Well, she doesn't know. Yeah, but it came from a guy that looked like he was a freaking demon. Like, maybe you shouldn't play with the item. So, okay, random question I probably should have asked before. What did Frank buy it for that the guy told him it did? Pleasures beyond pleasures? Yeah, like, Frank Frank is looking like he had reached the end of his pleasure-seeking cycle. Like, he's experienced so much. But at this point that he's just like, well, there's nothing else out there. So he starts without getting arrested. Yeah. Like he starts hearing these rumors about, oh, there's this, you know, thing you can buy that will bring you to a realm of just untold pleasures. And yeah, it does. I was just wondering. (laughs) I had to clarify that. Okay. (laughs) No, that's that's absolutely fair. And the interesting thing about that scene was after Frank hands over the money and takes the puzzle box, the dude is immediately like, it was always yours. It's also the same dude in the end of the movie, too. Yep. What, the homeless dude? No, the guy that has the box is sitting. And the, the very last scene of this movie is the box sitting again on the table and him selling it to some other idiot. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. It's like the gremlins. <laughs> 
I need to watch those again. <laughs> I've never seen the second one and haven't seen the first one in years. But that's I like it. Isn't that a Christmas movie? Yes. It's like a die, this argument, like die hard. Yes. Okay, you know what? No, no, I'm stopping this now. I'm stopping this now. <laughs> we'll go down a road that we don't want to go to, and we're talking about Hellraiser. We talk about Hellraiser. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so Christy is opening the box, but I wonder what she thought it would do, like you said. I think it was Mike just. said it was in the hands she just, of the crazy man. She didn't know what else to do in a room. Yeah, she was just. Fucking around with it. Why does Frank like this so much? What does it do? Maybe it saves me. I did something all right. Well, I got her out of there, kind of. Yeah. Unfortunately, that would put her on uh, the Cenobites' radar. The naughty list? Yeah, because once she goes in that, when she goes down that hallway and she gets chased by the engineer, it looks fucking weird looking thing. Yeah. Was that supposed to be a dick hanging from the top of his body? <laughs> I have no idea. You never I get saw- a good enough picture of the engineer to kind of... Real, at least in this movie, you never get enough a good enough picture. But after the engineer, she encounters the Cenobites. Yeah, and that's when they, you know, are, have their sights set on her, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to kill you. There's so many good quotes in this scene, too. Oh, man, because this is where they, you know, Pinhead actually says, uh, uh, demons to some, angels to others, man. you know, it does the whole Pinhead thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's so many iconic lines that are just tied to the Hellraiser franchise come from this scene. Which and I never knew. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of just exposition dumps. I'm really not. But, you I know, felt, the, this one worked. I felt bad for Christy in this scene when, when they're like, I'm like, oh, she didn't deserve this. She just no. is a curious woman trapped in a hospital and bored. So I started playing with the box. I, no, she's panicked. Yeah. She, she's not curious. Okay, fine. She, I would say she's panicked. Panic's probably the right word. Yeah. She's yeah. trying to figure out how to get herself out of this, and I don't know why she thought a box would save her. Because but... it was important to the demon guy. Okay. But I felt bad for her when they're like, yeah, we're going to kill you now. Like, you're you're on, I you know. know. And I like how she rats on Frank. Oh, yeah. Quick thinking. I love that, too. Hey. She's like, well, what about this guy? <laughs> Frank's here. Normally, I am very much team no snitching. But, uh, I would 100% snitch if those guys showed up. Yeah, like this had to happen. <laughs> I like how they're not happy. They're like, if you if you lied to us, you're screwed. I don't know. If he didn't torture me, I might be like, hey, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> if he was nice to me, he <sighs> didn't rip the flesh from my body. I think that's what happens either way. I know, but yeah. I'm just saying, if there's a different scenario where he... I don't think but this is also where you get that line, you know, we'll tear your soul apart. Like yeah. a very iconic Hellraiser line. Uh, we have such sights to show you also in this sequence. Like, oh, there is so much Hellraiser, like overarching things that come from this one little chunk of the movie. And only can <laughs> mm-hmm. only keep. Oh, come on. <laughs> Not only me, like. I know. Only you out of us three. Out of, out of like, this movie has a fandom that is beyond anything I can come up with. Like, they're nuts. I'm a little surprised, because I never hear much talk about Hellraiser, but then again, I don't go in those circles. That right. Because you you met Doug Bradley. He was one of the first signatures you got in that poster. He was so tall. They're all, those actors are usually so tall. <laughs> <laughs> he was super nice. Very quiet, but super nice. 
I I believe that. He seems like an all right dude. It kind of makes sense that he's quiet, too, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And while Christy's in the hospital, this is when you have Larry comes home and Julia's like, why don't you go upstairs? Larry got something to show you. <laughs> and Larry stupidly follows her. <laughs> As a man would, yes. <laughs> Only a certain thing you got to say to some men. Hey, let's go have sex. All right, strange woman. Let's go to your house. Let's go to the attic. Whatever you want. What's that hammer in your hand, huh? (laughs) (sighs) But then, of course, this is where Larry exits the picture. That is a picture lap wrap on Larry. Thanks for playing along, bud. You were you never had a shot, really. You you never had a chance. Sorry, bud. And this is when Christy finally gets home and she sees Larry. I put in quotations on here. Mm. Again, I knew that wasn't Larry. I'm like, there is no way. And then she's talking about Frank and he's like, I, I killed him. And I guess she, this is when she sees the attic and she sees the bloody husk there. I think this yeah. is also when the Cenobites show up and say, we want the man who did this. Later. And she's like, not my father. Not my yeah. father. Oh, wait, no, that is where. Yeah. Yeah. Pinhead shows up in the attic and she gets all because she doesn't realize yet that her father isn't her father. That is Frank. Yeah. And she, this, yeah. yeah, like you said, this is where they're like, we want the man who did this because the Cenobites know that that ain't Frank. Yeah. They know Frank's body. They're intimately equated with Frank's body. <laughs> and that ain't Frank. <sighs> and you think like the way I kind of took it, like you should notice something's wrong when your your father has blood. But I guess at the same time, you're, you're you know, you're stressed. It's a traumatic situation. I mean, it's a situation your brain not prepared for. I'm going to assume she's on some drugs as she was in the hospital. So they put her on something. I mean, they always, they're going to. And she just, you know, had an encounter with Cenobites in the hospital. And she shows up and they're in the attic. And she's like, oh, God damn it. But I like it. It's how he says, come to daddy. And she's like, yeah. wait a second, you freak. Frank can't keep it in his pants long a goddamn enough. If he never would have said that, she would have just been like, wow, dad's acting weird. But no, because he has to be like, come to daddy. And it's like, the way oh. the actor says it, too. It's, it's not like a, a father saying it to a dog, come to daddy. It was like, come to daddy. Mm-hmm. Like, and now it's not just an uncle wants to sleep with his niece. It's a dad wants to sleep with his niece. His uncle was his, the dad's face wants to sleep with the niece, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Like, okay. So it's a really crappy thing that some people say. But when people are like, I wouldn't fuck so-and-so with, you know, this person's dick. This is probably what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, except Frank would fuck Kirsty with Larry's dick. I'm pretty sure he would <sighs> fuck Kirsty with it. Yes. He, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, this he's movie really is turned just... on by killing people too. I think because he fuck kills yeah. Julia by accident. Yeah, but he's not ass. upset when he does it. He stabs her by accident, trying to go for Christy. He's like, oh well, I'll just murder you and drain your blood instead. It's all right. That sucks. I'm throwing you away for a newer model. Hey, Kirsty, come to daddy. Might as well make it worth it and get part of my body. I just thought it was just weird. Like, why are you like, I thought, you know, because he just stabbed her. I mean, it's not that. It's a fucking butterfly knife, I think. You can pull it back out. You might be okay. He's like, oh, we'll make sure you're dead. We'll stab a little deeper and a little bit more. And Turn it. Like, I was like, this, you are. He's a he's a manipulator and a user. And they wanted to make sure you knew. And the yep. betrayal on her face. Was so- I didn't feel uh, that, but yes. I <laughs> did. I did a little bit because she was fully committed to this man. and He manipulated her and betrayed her and murdered her and then drained her blood. I mean, I don't know if I would be fully committed to a man that wasn't even a man yet. <laughs> <laughs> just muscles and someone else here. I think the and whole my thing face. that he was huh? just like dripping the whole time, like blood and whatever. 
Well, I don't think the Cenobites gave them a lot of flesh to work with when they were done. No, no. That's they, what grosses <laughs> me out. That. Not the flesh to <sighs> <thing>, That. <laughs> And this is you have Christy runs, and I I thought she was gonna go straight to the attic, but I guess they need the movie to last a little bit longer to keep the tension up. So she runs in the spare bedroom where you find out where all the bodies have been going to. Yeah, because how I, do you fucking hide that? By the way, you can't. I mean, you they start you know bringing up a real life story like the Jeffrey Dahmer story. They fucking I mean he burnt you know he melted bodies and they smelled them throughout the entire building. Like the house would reek like that, and these weren't well contained. I mean, you see the one has maggots everywhere, like. It, the house would smell so fucking bad. Okay, but here's a thought. What if Frank has drained them so much that they're, like, jerky at this point? Uh, okay. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know I don't how human skin I... turns into jerky. I'm from Wisconsin, but I'm not that kind of from Wisconsin. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, you know, pe- I'm sure that if I Google the end, I'm not going to. I might get up on a radar that I want to be on. But I'm sure that, I mean, that, that question is on Google because of just the way people have died in general. Through, I mean, they'll, they can tell you. Like, that's more mummification, though, I want to say. I mean, say. you could Google what's it called. They have decompensation. Like, where sure. they study the bodies. Yeah, oh, yeah body farm. Body farm, yes. Yeah. yeah, body farm. You could study a body farm and not be on radars. What? I don't know what a body farm is. It's where they de- study how they decompose. Oh. Like, people actually study that. Yeah, they oh. put bodies in different conditions, different types of bugs, indoors, outdoors, and yeah. they study how the body com- decomposes oh. so that they're able to put together more information on when they just find random bodies. All right, yeah. what likely happened here? And how long they've been dead. And, and I got to give her credit that she found a room that he would never go into again and was able to hide three bodies in there. So, hey. Yeah. And nobody smelted. And he never went in the room. Yeah, I don't know how you don't go into rooms in your house, but all right. If you have a big enough house, I think that happens. But it didn't seem like it had that many rooms. Yeah, it looks big on the outside when you see it a couple times. Oh, our house looks, and so does, what's her name? Nikki's house looks huge. Okay. All right, fine. <laughs> and then I, I like when, when Christy leads Frank to the attic and the Cenobites first show up and, he, and he's like, you bitch. <laughs> I just started laughing the way he said it. You you tricked me. It's like, you dumb fuck. Like, you think she's going to help you? You're just like, come to daddy. I got your dad's face and I'm going to fuck you. Like, come on now. And murder you. You expect her not to turn you in? Like, come on now. You deserved it. It's not like you were nice to her. I do like what the Cenobite said to Kirsty though, where they're like, this isn't for your eyes. <laughs> right. But she, she doesn't leave. I mean, she does. but Not at first. You know. She watches the guy get hooked. I want her. I'm like, okay, you leave right now. I don't want to see this next scene either, Christy. And <laughs> I had to see this guy get hooks put into him, which I was like. Eh. I already I, saw that, though. This is a lot worse. It, okay, in the early scene, you see a hook go into flesh. You see one hook or two hooks. Here you see hooks it's around funny. his entire body, and then they pull. And he goes flat. And I'm like, Aah! you know. Why did they say this is not for your eyes? They were just about to drake her to hell and torture the shit out of her. Like, that, that would be is, that To me, that was like, hey, that's the Cenobites letting her off. So like, they all right. want her to watch what she almost experienced? I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it was it was weird. It was like almost like an adult. Well, it was an adult telling a child, "You don't want to see this." But it was weird coming from this monster that was going to torture her, telling well, her, "No, look away." It was just weird to me. I got weird feelings from it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, like, well, they are going to torture her. They want to keep some surprises, maybe. 
Oh, is that what it was? That could be. I thought thought she was going to be off the hook because she turned in Franklin. They're still coming after her after this part. Oh, yeah. So she was like, yeah, you turned in Franklin. We're still going to kill you because you activated the box. Wait a minute. You said, bitch, I said maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I I did like how she keeps, like, putting together the box, and that warps them all back to hell. Like, she does it to Pinhead. She does it to Deep Throat. She doesn't even know what she's doing. She's just, like, pressing pieces. I mean, her options were either go to hell and get tortured or (laughs) Or fuck around with the box. (laughs) So I choose option B, fuck with the box. I'd just be like, I don't know how to do puzzles. What am I doing? <laughs> I did like how every monster shows up, though, in this that she yeah. has to that she has to do it to. Like, I thought that was cool way to bring back everything from the movie throughout the movie so far. And, you know, once the Cenobites are all dealt with, you know, Deep Throat, Pinhead, Chatterer, all go back. Butterball just gets a lot of shit dropped on them. <laughs> yeah, because the house is collapsing. The engineer yeah. shows up, too. Yeah. When they try to leave. Because she's essentially kind of in a hell dimension it felt like almost in a way well she's in her house but i felt like she was still the portal to hell was open at the time yeah like they that yeah like they had control of what was going on to a degree so they decided to drop a house on who cares about butterball (laughs) well i mean it worked for a wish so probably worked for a fat guy (laughs) (laughs) i like how her boyfriend shows up and he's not he should be more freaked out than he is i felt I mean, if I was just watching my girlfriend kick some fucking monster in the face that has a scorpion dick tail coming out of his back, I'd be like, I just don't know. I just he don't know. He only knows that because I showed him yes. a picture. <laughs> That's <laughs> the way he only knows that. Because <laughs> I Googled him. <sighs> but it was just fucking weird. <laughs> and, you know, the the movie's pretty much over at this point. Like, they've made it out. kirsty has got the puzzle box. And then they just go to a random field that has fires burning, like you do. And she chucks the puzzle box away to get rid of it. There. Isn't the puzzle box metal? Is it really wood? It's wood with brass. Oh, okay. okay. Then I thought it was metal, too. Yeah. But wood with brass makes sense to burn. Wood with brass accents. That would burn. And she would know because she's touching it. Yeah. (laughs) It looked metal. I mean, we weren't touching it, thank God. Now I want a replica. Oh, there are so many replicas. Of I have a Rubik's Cube replica. Oh. Like, it's yeah, ridiculous. I need to go to Etsy. I bet I can find a little. Oh, you can, I promise. <laughs> but um, after Kirsty throws the box in the fire, oh, it's Vagrant Joe. Come back. <laughs> I and like he, this. He reaches into the fire, grabs the puzzle box while catching on fire. Yeah, and <laughs> I was. I didn't remember what you were talking about, but once you said he catches on fire. Oh, completely catches on fire. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, completely. And I'm like, what is the point of him completely catching on fire? Because then he turned into a bone dragon and flies off. Now, I think we can assume this is some kind of a demon, yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean. He was a bone dragon. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, why you have to say it like that? Because bones are. Pinhead, you got three minutes with me. Randy Savage, Macho Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, that too. Oh, no. The first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. We'll change it. Anyway, the (laughs) bone dragon flies off with the box. The box ends up back with the man from the beginning who is selling it to another poor sap, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And the cycle repeats ad nauseum. And that's Hellraiser. And then are all the movies just continuation then? Like, do they they all just keep, it just keeps going? I mean. Hellraiser 2 is a direct continuation of this movie like it starts 
a little bit after the end of this movie. Okay. Like Kirsty and Steve are going to the hospital to get checked out after that fight. Oh, is that quickly? Yeah, like immediately okay. afterwards, okay, which is because I kind of like the. I think you should cover Hellraiser Two Hellbound. Let's okay. Do that. Sure. It's it's a it's a damn good movie. I don't I don't trust that, but okay, I'll watch it anyway. It's on streaming. I'll have to buy it, so that's okay. <laughs> or rent it. Maybe you uh, should just buy the complete collection because you know at one point or another we're going to be covering most of them. Actually, I was hoping that we were going to do this episode later in the month so that I could say I had this. But at the time of recording, I have not received it yet. Uh, Arrow Video over in England is putting out a four-volume or well, a four-movie collection of the Hellraisers in 4K. The original... Uh, Hellraiser, of course, Hellraiser 2, Hellbound, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, and Hellraiser 4, Bloodlines. And I feel like those are the most important ones. No. <laughs> all the movies are important in their own way, I believe. That's I can't believe there's belief. 11 of these fuckers. Oh, yeah. And they are of all varying quality. Well, of course they are. Like, that's any horror franchise. Like, Why are we buying this? That's your choice. Yeah. There's 10 bucks for si- the first six movies, I think it is, I on DVD. Yeah, and those are those are worth it. Seven is Hellraiser Seven. I think is that Deader. You don't ask me. You I think it's yourself. Deader. <laughs> uh, Hellraiser Eight is called Hellworld. Uh, it's a video game that's based on Hellraiser, and the Cenobites are coming out through that. Hellraiser Nine, I think, is the most interesting one because that's the first Hellraiser movie without Doug Bradley. It's called Hellraiser Revelations. I've heard of these movies over the years. Like, I remember going to Blockbuster. Remember those things? And I would see the Hellraiser movies and go, nope, 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 and just stay away from the horror section. But <laughs> for some people, yes. But, you know, so I mean, I was always, like, aware of these movies existing. But I, I never, it was never a horror movie that I thought of. When I finally got into horror movies, like, when I was trying to watch horror movies, just, I didn't get into them. I went, there was a Nightmare on Elm Street and watched, and watched a little, and rented those, those five. At the time. Is that why you're okay with it? I think so, yes. I'm more okay with them than other stuff. But then they get goofy. I was going to say they get campy. Oh, God, yes. Five is campy. Five is a TV I think we talked about, too. Yeah, so that's when it gets real. That's when I was done. <laughs> I remember I saw t- I saw TV for uh, kind of Freddy, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I never went back. That's fair. I do want to watch them all now, but yes. How do you think Mike, like, a few years ago would have reacted to this movie? He wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> he still didn't like it today. No, I don't. <laughs> I still didn't enjoy this movie. I feel like you appreciated it more than you would have, though. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's completely fair. Like, before you were married to Tiffany. I wouldn't have watched this before I was married to <laughs> Tiffany. Let's just put that there. But no, I I, I, I appreciate it more. I mean, it, it did a lot of gore, especially for an 87 movie. Like, they really went into blood and gore in this movie. They really did. And you can see why this movie had to be cut down a lot. Yeah. To my knowledge, there's never been a full version of this movie like with all the deleted scenes that had to be cut out that's also because of the time i mean there wasn't a way you wouldn't that wasn't something you could just include you couldn't just be like we're now going to release the unrated cut in theaters well but like yeah like i don't think those scenes exist anymore is no but was 87 the the big v was vhs big in 80 in that time oh yeah okay but also like there just wasn't i mean that was all physical media not it wasn't digital. Like it just didn't just take up files on a computer on a on your many and your hundreds of hard drives you were sitting around. Like it's a different time. Plus, they didn't respect. 
I think in the 80s, they still didn't respect stuff like that. Like, we don't need this. We're never going to use it again. I was going to say, do you think they just trashed it? Yeah. And not like today where you keep shit. You're like, we can use this in some form. Or, or people want to know. It's more, possibly more archived now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they just chucked them. Yeah. I think so, too. I mean, that's just, I feel like that was very much what you would have done in, in the 80s. I mean, 70s, 60s. Hell, even today, some, I mean, you, I mean, you have games that, like, you know, for game wise stuff, you have stuff that, like from the 90s to 2000s, like, yeah, like even 2000s, like, yeah, we threw that away. We did not keep that code. Like, oh, yeah, that happened. I almost forgot. Speaking of games, this was almost a game on the NES. Why? Uh-huh. Thank you. I wish they would make one now. That would be hell. Now would be fine. Not on any. That would be stupid. But OK, there was a company back in the day called Color Dream. And Color Dreams did a lot of making unlicensed Nintendo games. Like, they would make their own cartridges, and they would not go through Nintendo's approval process just to make the games that they wanted to make. And one of those games that they were trying to make was Hellraiser. And it it's, it's one of the most depressing things, because most of all they have, they have ads, they have a title frame screen, and that's about it. That's too bad. Like there is, there is not much left of this. They got as far as, you know, making a special cartridge for it because it was, it was going to be a big game and like they had spent a lot of money on the rights. They were using a supposedly a version of the Wolfenstein 3d engine to make it. They were making, like I said, a new type of cartridge that actually messed, like interfered with the operation of the NES so that it could do things like manipulating video output in real time, uh, switching colors in real time, increasing the effective numbers of color on screen, panning and zooming during gameplay. Like there were some, it was doing some amazing things with the NES, but. (laughs) it was extremely expensive and eventually it was just like no no we can't do it because this was during the time when nintendo was being ultra litigious on unlicensed console uh cartridges like you had the end of the nes era no kind of like it was it was approaching the end of the nes toward the beginning of the snes you retailers were afraid to sell unlicensed games. And if retailers won't sell you, you're pretty much dead in the water. Yeah. Cause there wasn't like other, other sources at that time. So like, right. We're not, it wouldn't matter. And it's, it was in 1990 that this was happening. That's kind of cool. I never knew that that was even a thing. Cause I mean, you had the nightmare in Elm street, NES game. You had the Friday the 13th NES game, which we covered on this podcast many, many, many moons ago. <laughs> the Friday the 13th NES game. It was Bill Tucker's first episode on the show. We mean him first um, met. Uh, I don't know. Halloween had it. No, Halloween didn't have an NES game. Halloween had an Atari game. I was going to say, does it have a game? Oh, I didn't know. An Atari game? I think so. What does that look like? What is, how does that go? <laughs> I don't know. It's Atari. It's, his blob moves this way and other blobs are there. Like, Atari, you use your imagination. I'm not a fan of t- Atari 2600 or any of those systems. Long side. There's, there's some are fine. I played Atari 2600, so, but that's a long time ago. No, I, I, my only real experience with Atari games is when I, for PS1, they had a collection of like a bunch of Atari games on a PS1 disc. My dad's like, oh, you should buy this or we should buy this for you, should say. And he did, and I we played it off and on. So that's my only huh? real experience. Yep, yep. It was the Atari. 
that okay. got uh, the Halloween. Oh, so that was a thing. They don't have any like reset. I thought they had an update. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can play as them in Dead by Daylight. You can for sure. Oh, that's what I was. Thinking. He's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Is Pinhead in there? I can't. I don't think so. I feel like probably. If only Milk was around to hear, could hear this call. She would know for sure. Yeah. She loves Dead by Daylight, but I don't think Hellraiser is. I don't think Pinhead's in Hellraiser, or not Hellraiser. Pinhead's in Dead by Daylight. We're going to find out right now. Pinhead is definitely in Hellraiser. Yep. Pinhead is definitely in Dead by Daylight. Okay. That's cool. Dead by Daylight's a cool. I don't like it, but it's a cool game. But in further movies in the series, you start to find out more about Pinhead, who Pinhead was. Pinhead was a man named Elliot Spencer who opened the box. Find out more about the box itself, the Lament configuration uh, that was made by a toy maker named Le Marchand. You find out there's a lot of lore in this universe, and some of it is really interesting. Some of it is less interesting. And he's but one it's... of the harder players, harder killers to use in Dead by Daylight 2, by the way. Really? Yeah, his rating is very hard. These killers require a high amount of practice and understanding. Inexperienced players are likely to find little success when using them. There you go. Well, dang. Dead by Daylight is like that, though. All the killers are very different. So depending on some are easier to play as some are more intricate. I mean, depending on what you want. People love that game. So Milf loves that freaking game. Hmm. I've never really spent a lot of time with it it's multiplayer that's an issue for me oh that's why because i hate yeah, it's all people. multiplayer it's just a it's a five four v one game where one person is a killer and four people are just survivors trying to get the generators up and get out that's it hmm. so it's not it's completely online i played a little bit with some friends of mine and then they got mad and then we stopped playing and i was and i just can't do online games so, yeah all right should we go to shelf stacker box i'd say so tiffany why don't you go first I'll do, I'll probably do Stack, because I have fond memories of it with my dad. I haven't seen that a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. He's, I mean, you were watching nice, you know, good family-friendly movies while you were growing up with know. your dad. I mean, this he is a good family-friendly movie. It is. He was educating me on the amazing movies that were out there. <laughs> <laughs> and made me the woman I am today. <laughs> I'll go next. I'm putting this in the box. What? It's fine, but I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going, I don't have a whole lot. It wasn't a, it's not a bad movie. It's, just, it's not a Mike movie. We need a So, it's going to the box. What about you, Ken? Oh, it's absolutely going on the shelf for me. Like, I don't think anybody listening to me would be surprised. I've done, I've read a lot about this movie. I've, you know, read studies and give, I've talked about this movie in classes. Like, I've, I've gone on deep dives on this movie, on all the movies in the series. I just, I love the series. It's, I like the lore. I like the actors. They're not all great movies, but they're all interesting. Okay. And I, I'm willing to watch more. I'm willing to see. I mean, I wasn't like disgusted or, and I wasn't bored. I just didn't like it, but maybe it's a little harsh facts. Eh, still going by, but okay. So <laughs> that brings us our Hellraiser conversation. If you like this, download it a lot and I'll be more compelled to go back to Hellraiser too, but who knows? It might oh, just happen anyway. Watch it anyway. Especially if it's it on does that. not have to be for Spooktober. No, I know. There's other stuff I can do that's not Spooktober. So. Look, everybody, this is your pal, Kenneth Sanity, here telling you, reach out on the social medias. We have a lot of social media presence at Games My Mouth Found. Reach out and tell Mike you want more Hellraiser. I want him to do the whole damn series. Tell him you want more horror movies in general, you know, <laughs> because that and Hellraiser. I'm down to do the Hellraiser series. I'm down. 
Oh, great. And if you enjoyed this episode, there are 500 other episodes of Games My Mom Fun. You find everything we do on Podbean. You can join our Discord and bug me to do other movies like this one, like the sequels to this. Go join our Discord. There's a link in the show notes. If you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. You can vote in our Patreon poll for as little as a dollar a month. We have polls every month. Uh, Right now, it's horror movies that Mike hasn't seen again. So, (laughs) the third time I'm doing this because spooky, spooky. So, definitely go check that out. And want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasfury. You can follow her on TikTok. You see in the show notes a link, her link tree. So definitely go check out all her socials. You can shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker. Started his own podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out also. And also, newest thing I want to mention is check out No Man's a Fantasy. I was also on their show recently around this time you're hearing this, uh, talking about They Live. So definitely go give them a listen too. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, and YouTube. Audio only, but we are on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. So long, y'all.